Hey everybody, welcome to the Pendulum Show. My name is Yodin. I'm Bamba. And Bamba, do you want to introduce our guest? <laughs> uh, so we have on the show today, Ikwan. Ikwan, do you want to introduce yourself? Hello everyone, uh, my name is Ikwan. And I am good friends with Bamba and Yodin. And I'm here to give uh, my two cents. Yeah. Yes. So what is, what is it on about, Bamba? So today, since we're all locked down, the topic on everyone's mind is the COVID epidemic. And today we want to talk about what the economy is going to look like at the end of all of this. So what's the economic impact from uh, this COVID epidemic plus the shutdown, people kept out of work for who knows, maybe one month, two months, uh, what that's going to look like. So Mm -hmm. maybe we can, uh, well, first of all, like how are you guys holding up? Like, Yorin is in Singapore. Singapore just got locked down yeah. this week, last week. Yes, yeah, no, just yeah. Uh, two days ago. And it's not called a lockdown, by the way. In Singapore, it's called a circuit breaker. Ah. So, you know, all, the thing about <laughs> Singapore is all about positive framing. Yeah. So, obviously, the moment if you were to say something like a lockdown, got, basically all will break loose over here. La. Even before this thing was ex- escalated to a certain level around the globe, uh-huh. Singaporeans were panicking uh-huh. and already stockpiling groceries. But now that there's yeah. an actual like social distancing measures already in place, um, the government has to adopt a positive frame, a positive message towards what's, what the policies are. So it's called circuit breaker. Uh, but, but, what other- but you guys are still have to go to parks and all that. Yeah, so the restrictions aren't as um, rigid as Malaysia. So we you know hairdressers are open, um, parks are open. I don't know why hairdressers are open for some reason, but yeah, okay, parks are open. You know, people can still um, go out um, as they please. It's just that F&B restaurants are only available for takeaway. You can't dine in anymore. So those are like the major impacts on a day-to-day basis, like anyway. And obviously, everyone has to be advised to work from home. Yes, but well, that is fucking insane, yeah. I'm losing my mind. But I've been basically been working from home all this while as well. What about you guys? How are you guys? I'm working from home. Been working from home since the second day of MCO. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, uh, yeah, not much difference. I mean, uh, it's pretty much the same amount of work as if I was in the office. What about Ikwan? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I've been working from home, home since the MCO started. And uh, I do uh, occasionally go to the office. I mean, I've only uh, went there twice, actually, to, uh, because uh, we use Bloomberg a lot and we don't have the Bloomberg access. Uh, oh, Bloomberg oh, right, anywhere right, yeah. access because it's super expensive. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, you, you don't have local I, uh, access. Of course, I have to tell my super superior um, uh, like a week before lah, because we have to draw draft out a letter and all. Right, right, yeah, right. And then so during the roadblocks, I just flash my um, email lah, the the PDF. All um, oh, right. Oh. So wait, where are the roadblocks are normally? Okay, because uh, near where I stay, I would not say uh, exactly where. <laughs> yes. 
but uh, you there's um, okay because my office is in Jalan Tun Razak and I use the Sungai Besi Way. So there's one uh, when you uh, just pass by uh, the Sungai Besi uh, area, and then on the way back is the main one, which is a, a, exactly at the university exit and Federal Highway on the way uh, from KL to PJ. Uh, so oh, right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so it's it's at the last lane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know how Malaysian drive all crowd <laughs> at the end, and the police do not give a fuck. <laughs> oof. They just, uh, so it, it, the jam can get quite terrible, even though there's no one. Uh, I mean, there's like so much less people, right? But mm. uh, there's still quite a wait. Uh, wait, lah. Yeah, but definitely more than anything, the impact of staying at home is possibly the effects on your mental health, right? <laughs> I'm sure uh, you can go crazy from just being cooped up inside your house. Especially being yeah. so used to actually even going outside to work. Uh, imagine, yeah, I can imagine households, children, yeah, young oh children. Oh my god. Yeah. And oh, I mean, yeah. oof, tough. Because the nurseries, obviously, nurseries are closed, right? Mm. Yeah. Okay, so that's a good segue into our actual topic. The impact on Mm -hmm. many industries, whether it's education, but overall the economy as a whole. So, Baba, do you want to kickstart the topic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, first of all, like from an economic perspective, right, like in terms of uh, how people are doing. So, how how is this working out differently for different uh, classes of people or different income groups. Like if I'm a low wage and part-time worker, uh, am I suffering a lot more than someone in the middle class, for example? Uh, how would you judge the effects of the yeah, shutdown? I, I think generally different income groups uh, will definitely uh, experience it uh, like way differently because of the nature of the type of jobs. Like generally, if you are... Uh, part of the B40 or working at um, like uh, a wage uh, on monthly wage so like yeah. uh, if if you do get um, if, if the economy does shut down uh, the risk yeah. is definitely on you because most of uh, larger T20 or M40 you're working with uh, corporates yeah. or uh, yeah. high level GLCs and you know how they are generally have they have uh, a lot more buffer with their yeah. balance sheet and whatnot. Yeah. So you really do see uh, the impact really on the B forty side, especially because mm. imagine like if you work in even in manufacturing, uh, uh, even some factories in Johor, uh, which which are known to be in um, industrial zones, are not even okay. open. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and you're talking about people who are living in weekly or even monthly wages. Yeah. So, it really sucks, uh. Yeah. Mm. So, 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 like, like higher, like people in the middle class generally, like, even though we are not coming into the office, we we are still getting a paycheck, right? But these people are yeah. not because mm. they're yeah. yeah they are working like maybe even on an hourly basis they are being paid. So then yeah, they they can't come yeah. into the factory or plantation. They are not getting anything. Right. Uh, and I think on a very aggregate, 
aggregate level, uh, Bank yeah. um, estimates that the economy runs at 45% uh, production capacity. So okay. because some some industries and people are actually working from home, yeah. so uh, they they I I don't really know how they really get this number because yeah. uh, the the report is uh, I mean Bank Negara has a large large uh, economic team and I'm sure yeah. uh, they've done their research. But so if you uh, example right because uh, my opinion the MCO will be extended for six weeks uh, uh, for a total of six weeks so another additional two weeks so right. if we take mm. like a rough calculation of like uh, six over 52 yeah 52 yeah. weeks in a year right so that's 11.5 yeah. percent and then uh you are you are running at 45 percent so the potential loss to gdp at, at a very simplistic they call it back of the envelope yeah. calculation yeah like negative six percent Oh, that's insane, right? Like, that's worse than the yeah, financial but, crisis. Yeah. That, that's assuming mm. uh, there's no stimulus, obviously. So that's why um, you see that Bank Negara's uh, forecast is like, at, uh, they give 0. 0.5 to negative 2. So those right. are the numbers they get. Because they, they're incorporating, yeah. they're also incorporating like, in later when the economy resumes, you you actually have, um, they, they call it snapback production. Like, like you, right. you work extra and I think some people are saying that they're gonna especially for factories they're gonna work on Sundays or I, I don't know I, I think that's like uh, some companies in China mm. in Wuhan yeah. especially just to ramp up on back on production they, they plan on working on Sundays and yeah. also just to like get back whatever it's to offset the loss la. yep yep so it's like pent up demand also right like people mm. are there are purchases that people are putting off until after they can get out and about again and mm. and maybe there'll be a, a bit of a spike there right mm. yeah but i think so that's that's the tough on a global scale as well because we we really never been in this particular situation like uh if you see the financial crisis in 08 or 09 it was uh like a credit bubble uh burst because subprime subprime loans so it was really a long process but this is like a sudden exogenous shock to the economy mm -hmm. that's why you see like governments everywhere pumping money in the economy and it rightfully so because um because the fact that the snapback is possible so you really don't want to lose on that because if you don't provide mm -hmm. uh, like yeah. the sme help i believe mm -hmm. on month was yeah. really helpful and uh you know, uh, help uh, generally on income so that they, they do still yeah. spend. Uh, so, uh, because you want to keep, uh, you want to really cushion the blow, lah, basically. Mm, yeah. And in, in anticipation, if you don't do anything or you don't do as much, you won't enjoy the yeah. uh, the full benefits of the snapback. Yeah. All right, uh, Ikuan, so just uh, one thing, a couple of things, maybe just uh, circling back, maybe for the benefit of our listeners mm -hmm. um, who may not understand what is, what, what do you mean by production capacity? I, I guess it's, it's like, um, uh, when you say like 45%, it's what, what the economy is supposed to be run at. Like. Because if you, if mm. you look at some of the, uh, like for example, services, uh, uh, contributes to about 60% and a large amount of it is not um, 
is not doing anything at the moment like uh, travel mm. uh, airlines and mm. whatnot but you you still do have like uh, utility telecommunications these are still essential essential uh, services that are still uh, running right so that's yeah. the 45% so that's that's really scary number lah. i mean so basically yeah. it's like 45% that, really, of yeah yeah, 45% of the economy is running. I think that's just a simple way of So, yeah, so 45% of the economy. Even I have a simple understanding. Right, right. So, it's essentially just saying almost, yeah. almost a, a statement be like 45% of the, of the economy is somewhat on pause for six weeks out of the year. For 55. 55%. 55%. Yeah. Mm. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's why you're, you're expecting unemployment numbers to come. Like, like you, you know, if you've been following US jobless claims, mm, you see yeah. that suddenly it's spiked. Like, I think even more than G. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, sea levels because it's a sudden stop, you know. Mm, so, because Malaysia, mm, the data is a bit lagging. So, mm, obviously, you don't really see it. And another thing, impact to other uh, subgroups. Like, mm. I think one thing that needs to touch is foreign workers. Yeah. Um, oh. it's, it's something so tragic for them because, uh, like, I have a, uh, my brother, uh, Far works for uh, Social Security uh, Malaysia, SOXO. Mm-hmm. So, he, this whole time, even before the crisis, map mm. out and uh, legalize and get data on all foreign workers so that, you know, like if you imagine uh, like uh, Peninsula Malaysia, like they, they are there, you know, mm. so yeah. like that's the effort. And imagine now like a large amount of them are not uh, documented. Mm. Yeah. So you can't really trace and provide help because the assistance are all channeled via, you know, mm. uh, the Inland Revenue mm. or SSM, mm. you know, yeah. so it, is this also applies to like uh, really the moms? Some of them are not even registered, so it's yeah. So the, the way yeah. that they, they want to get help is also one one question mark lah. There. Mm. Yeah, they, they all these variety, well. like that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're largely basically of this fifty five percent. Yeah. So, uh, you, yeah, Yudi, you wanted to ask about the, the stimulus package, right? Yeah, so um, a lot of, uh, maybe you will be a better person to maybe give a little bit more of a deep dive into this. But uh, many stimulus packages have been introduced recently and especially of recent was targeted towards the SMEs. So like what you mentioned, right? They will mm. be largely also amongst the group of people that will be suffering um, but um, so the thing about uh, one thing is that is being discussed is that the method of delivery of these stimulus mm. packages for these SMEs, right? It's a, it's a little bit in question because um, these SMEs before even MCO, they were not, you know, I think it's over, over 60% or almost 60% of SMEs are not eligible for loans. So whether that mm, uh, yeah. this uh, this um, access to credit or you know f- um, whatever funding that's available to them to improve their balance sheet and sustain some sort of cash flow in their business is somewhat uh, prohibited at the moment. Just stay, mainly because of the status, right? So I know there are certain discussions about 
um, trying to convert these um, these stimulus packages or this credit into things like grants and um, even distributing it through trade associations. But largely, right? Um, maybe uh, could you if is um could you maybe give a rundown if you do know if there's an alternative towards um funding for the SMEs and also whether they'll get this funding hmm. and how will how long can this funding sustain SMEs as a whole? Is is funding really the answer to sustain this? Cookie. <laughs> uh yeah, I think um well, the funding is is very important because I think largely uh, the pause uh, mm. of the economy is largely impacting the SMEs, mm-hmm. and I think uh, generally, like what you said, uh, that that's why people question the the debt, uh, the loan moratoriums, right? Like you 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 pause the loans, but these companies are not even actually uh, leveraged. If I'm not mistaken, mm. so and I think that's why they, they came up with uh, this the the wage subsidy program, which I I, I find um it's positive, but uh, I mean other countries uh, they they might have uh, additional buffers lah, but uh, for now like if you take uh, for uh, first firstly you if mm. you track back um the first SME stimulus was mm. only six hundred, and I think it's only for companies with uh, less. Than 100 workers found, mm, so yeah. that's only yeah. like, if you take the median median wage of mm. um, so they they basically is a wage subsidy for SMEs right so 600 mm. ringgit so mm. that's only 20 percent when you look at countries like uh, Germany and Korea and I think they they're giving like about 60 percent mm. so now they've upped it but I still don't think it's enough yeah mm. but in terms of alternate alternative channels to payment that that one i i really am not sure mm. yeah I, on how like how do you yeah like if you go through trade associates they they still they still have to be like registered and then uh, abuse of power i, I don't know lah. like there, there's still quite a lot of question marks but i think on the on how long can it help the smes that's a mm. That's quite a tough question, lah. Because uh, generally, data on SME is also quite bad, lah. But from what I understand, uh, the president uh, of SME say that only about thirty percent of SMEs could probably come out without uh, cutting workers, I believe. So I six, uh, yeah, sixty, uh, seven, almost sixty to seventy percent have to look into VSS or, you know, uh, they they're also looking into. Yeah. Renegotiating their contracts, right? I believe. Mm, mm. Uh-huh. Cutting, yeah. Mm. So, so that's quite bleak, like actually. So it's, it's both that jobs will be lost, and secondly, that also wages will will be cut, also. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. So that's why, like, I mean, from from a global standpoint, I really don't see. Uh, 2020 is going to be a good year because like, I mean, that's already obvious, but like people are saying that the recovery will come in the late fourth quarter because the GDP mm. numbers will be really bad for, um, I think quarter quarter one will be quite bad. Quarter two will be the worst. Lah. Yeah. Quarter mm. two, then uh, because it balanced out, that's why it's like 
zero point five to negative two, right? So that means yeah. they expect a snapback later on, right? Yeah. But mm. I don't know if if you really you know trying to quantify the the benefit that SMEs is so hard, like like the the heterogeneity of the firms. I think yeah, that's that's the word I was looking for because uh. the they are so different in terms of the way they are structured. Some of them mm. are, some of them are enabled online, so they're not as yeah. uh, badly affected. Some yeah. of them are not. So, yeah. and that's why SMEs are really it's a really tough uh, spot to be in, like, Because publicly traded companies, you can see their numbers, you can see their balance sheet. You know, it's yeah. um, mm. you can you can really. Yeah, so so basically what you're saying how well they're doing and I don't know like the companies that I come what is it Mama? Yeah, no, so I mean like what you're saying is that like basically for these uh, small medium enterprises, right, they they are not they a lot of them are, are simply like not registered, they're not in the in the records for the government to even disperse these funds to them in the first place. And um, the government doesn't even know like which uh, types of SMEs are are more affected than the others because there's there's just like so many of them and we, we can't account for all these cases, right? And a lot of them are simply going to slip through the cracks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. that's one of the issues. Again, it goes back to data and this is before or any of the crisis happened. They've, they were already facing, mm. you know, a large amount of problems getting like centralized data for a lot of these uh, companies yeah, and workers as well. Right. Like, okay. A lot, a lot of things are being like left out of okay. the whole, yeah, sample. So it's really hard to even. I mean, it, it, this is also hard on the government lah to really quantify on what, uh, what, what should they do, you know? Mm-hmm. And they have to, they have to react quickly before you know a lot of these businesses start cutting people out. Yeah. You know? yeah. Really scary. Yeah. Yeah, so, so like, okay, the government announced their stimulus package. They said it is 250 billion ringgit, right? But later, it turns out, like, uh, out of that, the government itself is only injecting, like, 20 or 25 billion ringgit uh, mm-hmm. into the economy. And now they've announced an, uh, an additional package this week or so. So, but uh, do you think that, first of all, the, is the government doing enough or is it putting enough money into the economy to replace all the lost income? And mm. if it wanted to do more, so can the government really afford it? Because like right now, there's also an oil price collapse, right? Mm, and a lot yes. of our revenue yeah. in the government comes yeah. from the dividend from Petronas. So That's can 90% the government... By the way. Mm-hmm. 90%. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my mom was telling me like a li- two liters of petrol is cheaper than her one cup of coffee <laughs> oh my god that is insane when, when I, I can't remember petrol being this cheap in a long time I, I can't remember period la. yeah uh, so so can, so can the government actually afford to do more especially in Malaysia where we're so dependent on oil money which isn't even there anymore mm. yeah and I think uh, that's, that's another thing that people are looking at so some of the indicators that, that uh, a lot of these houses are looking at is obviously what is the debt to G- GDP like uh, a ceiling that they're looking at so as mm. an end of March you're looking at 51 percent and okay. I, I, I still believe that uh, and then there's also the budget deficit which is like yeah. uh, the, the difference between the revenue and the uh, expenditure right 
And yeah. I think we're still we're still not at GFC level. GFC levels were at like you're looking at seven, I believe. Six six plus to seven. So now um or probably before this it was four four percent and then now you're looking at probably 5.5 assuming also uh, loss of revenue like this is just like uh, okay this this is a number from a rich house that they they extrapolate like so because you're also losing revenue right as as you said so the budget deficit will be a lot larger Uh, but i think there's still there's still probably space if you compare it to uh, the GFC crisis, uh, but I don't know whether they would want to go back to those type of levels because there's also the trade-off where if you take uh, there's also the uh, the treasury rating for Malaysia that they have mm-hmm. to watch. So these are some of the numbers that would ensure that the credit rating for Malaysia is uh, viable. Uh. So yeah, I just don't think they will push all the way to six or seven but i still th- think they 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 do have so some six or space. seven is where we were at the 2008 after the financial mm-hmm. crisis right yeah mm-hmm. yeah. <coughs> yeah okay so so they have the option to 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 push it somewhat higher but uh not not that much lah. That's what I think. yeah but it's not exactly the same sort of crisis right hello Sorry, sorry, you didn't. I missed the, the question. Oh, no, I mean, I'm just saying, is it, um, could you sort of, sort of compare the same sort of thing that's happening now to then? Well, like a lot of people are comparing and saying that it's not as bad because nowadays, uh, like, for example, the 28 and 9 crisis was largely due to the banks. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, the Banks are uh, much more have a lot of capital buffers to uh, really survive like uh, more downturns, more uh, impact loans. Like they they really um, uh, clean their not you would call it clean their books lah because the they manage their impact uh, the gross impact loans the amount of loans that are in at risk to a certain mm. amount of level. They've been mm. a lot stricter with loans. <laughs> Ideally, it reflects on the amount of loans that the SME right, gets right, so, mm. yeah. So it all comes yeah. in a circle, right? But um, but I uh, well, that's tough, lah. Like it's big, but then again, it's also a different uh scheme altogether. The like the like you look at uh, SARS or any pandemic, even the Spanish flu, it did not halt <clears throat> production as bad as this on a global scale. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also something to uh, think about. I don't, I don't have, I don't quantify yeah. the numbers, but like there's definitely a net effect there, lah. Like it's not as bad as GFC, but it's worse than pandemics. Yeah. So I mean, definitely, because right now at a time when such as this, right, China's position has never been stronger, and their role in manufacturing and basically being the strength of, of the world's supply chain for many industries and many companies and economies. Um, it's never been more prominent now than ever, right? So with that obviously being uh, that suffering at such a rate, um, do you, um, is it like, so this sort of goes back to the point, like 
is not exactly apples to apples sort of comparison you can make, right? Yeah, and that's the difficulty that people are facing. Right? Mm. Mm. Okay. okay, so having like said that, to, like, come up yeah. with forecasts. Mm. Yeah, what was it, Mama? Yeah, so ha- having uh, told us that we don't have enough information or anything to compare it to, to, to know exactly what's going to happen, right? I'm going to ask you to like take a ballpark guess and say <laughs> if. Wonderful. If, <laughs> if, if this. <laughs> okay, say our lockdown carries on for another two weeks on top of this, so six weeks. Let's say that even in the States and all that, by uh, middle of May, uh, in the States and in Europe, uh, the people are starting to come back to work. Uh, what would you guess is, uh, uh, how long do you think it would take uh, for the economy to, to, to sort of make up for all its lost ground or to get back to operating at the same level? as it was before this. So you're saying, okay, wait, wait, wait. you're saying if everyone goes back to work in two weeks? Um, no, I mean, uh, let's say by the middle of May or at the worst uh, end of May, mm. uh, yeah, how long would it take for the economy to recover? How long mm. would it take us to get back to square one, basically? Mm. Mm. Ballpark. Imagine, so the ballpark equal needs to depend on whether it's a basketball park or a football park, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, but yeah, yeah, I mean, like just casually, bird park, bird park. Uh, yeah, okay, let's bird park this. Like, I would say <laughs> by uh, the beginning of first quarter twenty twenty one. So like starting of twenty twenty one. Right. I feel like that's when unemployment will probably recede and then people start uh, hiring again. Yeah. Mm. But okay. because like there, there's a lot of camps uh, globally, like different different people are saying different things because they are also saying that um, 2020, right, without coronavirus was already um, sort of a modest growth year, you know. So mm. even if there's uh, coming back from a crisis, right, it's going to be really mm. tough because what are you actually coming back to, you know? Mm-hmm. Because the, uh, generally world, world, uh, world trade was down because of uh, trade war concerns. Then mm. there was the slowdown of China. Like you see like last year, China pumped money in the economy, uh, yeah. monetary policy. I think they mm. reduced the SR, SR rate and then whatever. Like they, they pumped a lot of uh, money through monetary policy. Even the US uh, start gradually, you know, um, mm. are they becoming more cautious in the economy even before. So that's why uh, some are very, very, uh, some people uh, in the research camp are very, very pessimistic on 2021 growth. Okay. Yeah. Mm. But Tough lah, tough. Okay, I have another really tough question, Ikwan. Wait. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Good thing this is not going on YouTube. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, another hypothetical question, right? How, uh, what is the breaking point for, let's say, for, okay, what is the breaking point for the government, right? For, uh, where they have to decide between trying to make the trying to recover the economy versus trying to keep people alive. 
for example okay. for example okay. if there is okay. no decrease in the rate of cases on a day to day weekly basis mm-hmm. how long what is the breaking point until how long can this mco be sustained for until it literally is you're basically making the country broke la, before the country yeah, goes uh, onto yeah, the yeah and like maybe like people don't generally realize like if the economy uh, is collapsing then it's going to affect the healthcare system as well too, too yeah. right because like where's the money and resources going to come from to to keep that running and then there's also like all kinds of other health risks that come up because of unemployment poverty um, mm-hmm. or, or like social income, social problems also yeah 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 so yeah, where yeah. is that Benefit kind of uh, balance itself out. Do you think? Hmm. Can I make a phone call? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, we we should have that lah. Phone a friend. <laughs> phone a friend. Phone <laughs> a friend. Oh no! <laughs> But I mean, like the. Like okay, assuming uh because you, I don't think you can assume um forty five percent rate continuously. Like I believe the government, the next extension, the government will make some leeways. I believe so. Right. Yeah, especially there are talks of upper uh, areas which are considered. Well, I think I think they're called like green areas. Is it like the yeah. places where the uh, concentration mm. of cases quite low? Then they're talking about uh, allowing mechanics to work, allowing barbers uh, to continue their service. So definitely uh, moving forward, I think that's why the MCO could last even until uh, Raya. In fact, but oh. I think it'll be gradually like you know. Really? But yeah, uh, but the thing is, even with Raya, right? That's not exactly the smartest thing to allow huge movement. Oh, can yeah, you imagine? Yeah, that would be imagine. a disaster. And look at, uh, yeah, our culture of like uh, salam and yeah, yeah, know, yeah. passing uh, do it Raya. Ooh, no do it Raya. Mean. Oh my god, <laughs> electronic lah. <laughs> Electronic. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I was not aware that you didn't got a lot of do it, Ryan. <laughs> What? Hey. I was... <laughs> I'm just thinking, okay. Yeah. That's the it's that's the distribution of wealth alone, okay. That's another stimulus package that can help these SMEs. <laughs> that is how. Oh my God! That's the method. That's the method delivery. <laughs> do it, Ryan. <laughs> Would that will that be the news uh, the stimulus when you headline? Yeah, great <laughs> Raya from what are they called now? Party what ah? Uh, don't know lah. Ah, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, Not my so, plan, uh, lah. Ah, just kidding. Just my... kidding. Oh. <laughs> It's okay, Iqbal. They don't know where you live. They don't know who exactly you are. Your name is not exactly Iqbal. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, so I think what you're saying is that like it's not really feasible to continue with a full scale lockdown uh, much longer than we have so far, mm-hmm. and yeah, probably yeah. by like yeah, and probably definitely by around June or so. It, yeah, we should June. expect things to be much freer. Yeah, so, so like maybe I can turn the tables and ask you guys some question. When when do you guys think? 
the especially daily cases will start slowing down. Maybe Malaysia uh, below 100. Like that, that, that could be a milestone, right? Oh. Like when do you think that will happen? You see, uh, we asked you economic-based questions. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, I think that is flattened out already. So uh, if I if I made a guess, I would say maybe around end of next week, maybe we will go under hundred. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be so optimistic, lah. I think to for it to go down under hundred, it needs to. In there needs to be a certain really strong pattern for you to say so. Maybe there could be some anomalies. I'm not sure even in terms of how accurate the data that we're getting, right? Yeah, when I, when I, what I mean by that is by just purely the cases that are actually being reported or what, what uh, the number of cases that are actually considered to be coronavirus at this, at this point, incubation periods, etc., etc. So maybe in terms of actually going below 100, I don't know whether it'll be so soon. But uh, maybe... I would say maybe by May. Ah, uh, of course, the Singaporean thinks that uh, Malaysia is going to take a longer time, lah. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on. Yeah, yeah. To be a a safe bet is obviously maybe I would say first week of May. You know, and then maybe once you're you're seeing a ninety, ninety, eighty, eighty, and then if you have to isolate it, you identify the areas, and then you know. You can slowly lax the restriction of movement, and you know maybe slowly things can start start becoming normal again. Yeah, well, well, from what I read, right, um, even at, at the beginning of the MCO and all that, when we had like a huge spike in new reported cases, like it may not have been that these were new infections, but rather that they expanded the testing so much that they were able to pick up a lot of cases which went undetected before that. So like even mm-hmm. when we see like a big spike in cases, it doesn't necessarily mean that the virus is spreading faster. Yeah. Nah, yes. yes. That's true. It's just the yeah. number of reported cases are increasing. Korea, right? It was a case yeah. with Korea. Because I think Korea had one of the most aggressive testing um, policy out and then Their numbers spiked right after China, and then now they've um, kind of simmered down already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, and I, I think that we have to look at the death rate also because probably the more critical mm. cases, which actually have symptoms, are the ones which end up in hospital. Right, a lot of people have the virus and simply have no symptoms, and they are not counted in the figures. So, and our death rate has been pretty low for the past week or so. I think like. The past couple of days, maybe one or two deaths a day. I mean, obviously every death is tragic, lah. But it is it's much lower than it was last week, and yeah. especially when you compare it to a lot of other countries. You know, like in Italy, something like ten percent of them were dying. Yeah, yeah. yeah Italy, so, yeah, fortunate. Italy, Spain. Yeah. Um, I don't know why Italy, Spain, Spain is always. Spain is always at the Spain and Italy. I don't know why these two countries are just like ailments, you know. It's a bit insensitive, but like even like even like throughout <laughs> history, like I know when um when there were like somewhat mini pandemics that happened in nations, I know like it takes maybe even up to a year for people to actually start going about normal life again. There's been some cases where it takes up to a year. Like I can't imagine. 
That's Black Mirror already lah. Yeah, so yeah, Bamba and I were actually talking before this and you're just saying, we just couldn't, we can't comprehend what is actually happening. Like, it doesn't feel like it's real, you know. Like, what Black Mirror episode are we living in? <laughs> like, it's the reverse of globalization, you know. It's like, it's so... I, I don't even think I would have had this conversation in 2020, the reverse of globalization in some degree, you know. Where every... Yeah. You're going back to national borders and, you know, making sure everyone is... You know, you're reinforcing the nation state and etc. But the most interesting thing is is mm. the conspiracy theories that are coming out. Man. Oh, that is for that, sure. Those are fantastic. Hey, but it was cool. it was it have, was the we have both five guys here, right? <laughs> yeah, the five G coronavirus. That's my favorite. Room. The five G <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> Hey, in the UK, some they went and burned down the five G mask. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, our, um, um, speedy recovery, Boris Johnson. <laughs> oh yeah, Boris Johnson. Yeah, I see you, right? I see you. Yeah, oh yeah. my god, the irony is strong, lah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but did you have maybe, it? Yeah. Uh no, sorry, you were saying. No, no. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, no, maybe, okay, maybe we'll just close it off by just saying, like, I mean, we sort of gave a brief uh, glimpse of what we think is going to happen in the future as to how long it'll take to recover, but... Recession, um, recession. But also, at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen, right? There's not, there's no sufficient data that we can rely on. That, yes. like too many anomalies in play here for us to actually make a conclusion of what we what we might actually predict will happen. So we can only really just hope for the best, right? Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, um, like uh, doing it at work, like you're drawing up scenario analysis for like how bad the impact will be, mm. and your base case just keeps moving and moving. You know, mm, so it's insane. Mm, mm. Like you can't establish. Like, okay, I'm confident that this is where the economy will be. And you're talking about different, different countries. So, like, obviously, we're focused on US, China, Malaysia, and then maybe uh, Europe in general, right? Yeah. With, like, all these indicators, like, uh, suddenly spiking, you you have to, like, readjust your estimates. It's it's, really tough. All you do is just whack down the prices. And that's why, like, you see, because the stock market is a leading indicator to... um, because it's sentiment, right? People can buy and sell to what value they think the company will be. So that's why you've seen punishments and then suddenly it got rally and then it'll go back down because and some of the indicators that say are, are both the daily case rate and the death the death rates of each country. So it's really crazy. Like I think the stock market is even though it doesn't it's not the stock market does not equal the economy, but it does tell you what are a bunch of these like probably like most resourceful people are thinking of the economy so it really just tells you like wow it's crazy man like the volatility index is back to gsc levels so yeah crazy and and you have to make your prediction like based on also on medical on what the the medical data is right and all the models also in that domain also keep shifting like in the Imperial College had a model which said that UK would have 500,000 deaths 
and then the following week they say it would be twenty thousand. I mean, <laughs> and then next week they could say it will be a million for all we know, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so yeah, it's really tough for anyone to figure out what. Uh, yeah. But I think I, I think the only certainty is that things aren't going to go back to to normal for a long time, lah. Like mm-hmm. we're going to go back to a new normal, and our our habits and and daily life will look pretty different when we come out of, of all this. The only question is um, how much. But interestingly, like the work from home experiment has been like forced, you know, like especially like mm-hmm. I, I work in a traditional uh, like old school company, no offense yeah. lah, if whoever the audience find out where I work, but like, uh, like we've been forced to like, you know, get on teams. I mean, we did uh, uh, like, apa? Uh, created uh, our team's channel before the uh, COVID impact. But then we were forced to like really operate at a full level on work from home, and you actually discover that okay, like uh, I mean for us it works because I think we're probably like very very uh, blessed and privileged lah, like not like other people, because I mean office work is is fine to do at home, but you know other line of job is like really really tough lah. But it's a, it's just like, an interesting thing lah, like you see how business model like evolve yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are things you can learn in every crisis, right? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I work okay. at a startup. Hey, before, before we end, Yodin, mm. I want to ask you, how, how, how does your business uh, is being affected like, uh, over at uh, where you work? So, interestingly enough, right? So, actually, we're experiencing uh, huge demand for our software because... While we primarily focus on retail, which is one of the big, the most hit industries globally, retail, but because still largely transactions in retail, there are over eighty percent is occurring offline. So the mm-hmm. demand for digitalization has skyrocketed overnight, right? And initially, we've had to like keep up with this demand. So it would. You know, in that that's where the tech play and digital digital play is really going to win here, lah. You know, which is where we are shining. Even though in a space of like, for example, retail, where you for you to actually try and innovate. So basically, this virus has had to push people into innovation and transition and tra- transform into a digital space at the same time, and which is where we'll come in and supplement. So in a way, actually, it's uh exhausting time, but promising, lah. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And well, technically, even as a working experience, I mean, like, as a startup, I mean, literally, it's somewhat, it was already the USP of working as a startup is supposed to be so flexible, you can work anywhere and everything, right? So, it's just that the mental, the mental effects of working from home and in isolation and some, in some degree is going to impact anybody, lah. Yeah, but I think that, that there's a lot of potential in, in using like technologies to have like a more distributed workforce and people are just like too apprehensive about trying it and so it's, it's it maybe like so, so like you can say one good thing to come out of this crisis is is, is that people are, are forced to 
to to look at restructuring the work environment and actually i think that that could be very good for business because you can have if you if it's easy to work remotely you can have access to like a much bigger pool of talent right mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of if you look at software companies a lot of them don't even have a fixed office they have people working there from all over the world uh, and and they are able to communicate just as well so and and there's no reason that for a lot of jobs that you you can't apply the same model i would think yeah exactly okay so um i guess uh, we've spoke for quite some time already and basically yeah. the conclusion of this entire episode is that we don't know what the hell is going to happen <laughs> we wanted to, we wanted to tell everyone for one hour we actually don't know what we're talking about or we don't know what's going to be happening <laughs> that's scary guys <laughs> usually we, usually we want to keep people informed right this time we want people to uninform themselves <laughs> <laughs> and but at the end of the day you know um i really hope that all of us be be strong mentally because i think that's going to be yeah. very important to pull us through and yeah. you know be healthy stay healthy um practice good hygiene habits um anything else to add bamba or ikon no you covered it man okay uh ikon stay safe stay safe, stay safe. follow the stay law safe. Please don't do anything stupid. Um, pray five times a day. Pray. Uh-huh. Endorsed by by Equan. <laughs> yes. Hopefully this broadens our audience actually. Yeah. That that should be that should be <laughs> the title of the episode. <laughs> pray five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, let's go with that. Okay, okay, that's <laughs> that's a good place to end it, I think. All right, <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. Good night, everyone. All right, good Thanks night, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, John's on the call. Bye, John. <laughs> Bye, John. <laughs> all right. Okay. Ciao. Bye. Bye. All right. Good night.